dusty ins, just cause the outs, and let's talk about, let's talk about, let's talk about. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk About the Arts with myself, Fergal Curtis. This week, I am joined by the wonderful Annie Sherry. Hello, Annie. Hello. How are Thank you? you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm oh excited. my God, of course. I saw Annie perform in Smock Alley in the scene and heard and I was sitting there and I absolutely loved the performance. It was only like 15 minutes. You had your three backup singers. Mm. You were giving instrumental singing. The songs were beautiful. Very, um, very poignant words and very clear what you were singing about cool thank you and i just sat there and was like yes this is the art that i want to discuss on my podcast and where that art kind of comes from so i messaged you you got back that was a while ago though I know, yeah, I we know. have been, we have been like <laughs> this week that week totally. no, well, a lot has yeah, happened yeah. in both our lives totally but we're finally here and thank I you so know. much for being here no i was just thinking that when i was coming over i was like i think we initially met it might have been like six months ago or something possibly, yeah possibly. but hey look. And we've only actually met in person once i know yeah, outside totally. street 66 yes, totally, <laughs> which totally. is wonderful i know totally. but i'm delighted to have you here today and i'm so excited to get into your prompts that you gave me cool so we're going to get into hedwig and the angry inch the film yeah um i know the musical more than the film um, but tell me, why did you choose this as one of your prompts? Oh, yes, Hedwig is... This was a prompt for me because I think this was... The, I remember when I was like 15, this was one of the first things that I saw that... Um, I don't know, it like really kind of changed me as a, as a kid because at that time I knew that I was trans and I knew that um, even I didn't have like the language to talk yeah, about it at that course. time or to even... Even though actually, to be honest, I think I was telling people at that time that uh i wanted to transition maybe i didn't use that language but mm -hmm. i definitely was was talking about that um and i didn't see anybody like me on in film or in media or anything like that um and when i did it was kind of negative you know it was okay. never like any any positive kind of representation and so hedwig for me was this like amazingly like powerful uh, performer and this kind of rock singer because that was another thing as well because I was really when I was a teenager I was really into like PJ Harvey um, Tori Amos Bjork uh, those kind of like a riot girl kind of 90s yes. that was my vibe so Hedwig really like fitted in with that yes um, and I don't know it's just it's it's so funny because right now like I've, I've uh, and even with that show that you were talking about regular suburban woman um I, for a lot of my 20s, had been making kind of like electronic kind of music. Like okay. it was much more synthy and I was oftentimes like taking dance tracks that I liked and like just doing like a top line vocal over it or whatever, you know, so kind mm -hmm. of just just singing over um, like electronic tracks or whatever. But um I, you know, when I was like 30 and I kind of started transitioning, I went back to more kind of like acoustic stuff and okay. more kind of like grungy stuff. And again, and it just sort of, I feel like I've almost come for full circle on this kind of headwig. Yeah. I know the um, Tony performance that Neil Patrick Harris oh, yeah, did. Yeah. And that's the first kind of introduction I had mm. to the show, the film. I've never actually seen the film, but when I saw that performance, I was just like, oh my God, this is just incredible. And it was around a time that even drag, you know, transitioning people's gender identities wasn't really, you know, as, is it fair to say mainstream now? Or like, you know, as yeah. visible now. Prevalent maybe, yeah. yeah. Do you know? So Definitely. seeing that was really, it was really incredible mm. to see. So I must go watch the film. Okay, this is maybe this is because the movie is so important to me. I yeah. think the movie is like a hundred million times better than okay. mainly I feel. And maybe this is unfair, but this again, because I haven't seen the musical. I've yes, only exactly. Seen, like, <laughs> Which I haven't I seen the musical. I've, I've just clips. deep dived totally, on YouTube. Totally. Yeah. Same, same, same. I feel that maybe it's lost its edge a little bit okay. um, in the musical form. And I sort of understand that because it's it's 
Broadway. Like it mm-hmm. kind of has to, like there's something really, I don't know, I, I was going to say edgy about uh, Hedwig the movie, but like there's just, it's, it's really unapologetic. It's super queer. Um, it's just amazing. Like it's yeah. so good. And the wigs and the makeup and like all the stuff, mm-hmm. it was so beautiful. She was also just so stunning. And I think that was like, she was a real kind of, person that I would pretend I was kind of thing do you know those uh, like when I was a teenager I would sort of daydream that I was I was Hedwig you know Um, so what qualities about Hedwig the character and I mean beyond their physicality like you know you kind of touched a little bit on that punk mm. vibe that kind of rock chick vibe like watching Hedwig like was it a kind of like this resonates with me let let me explore or was it like that is who I am it was actually like that's who I want to be do you know even okay. even maybe as a performer like so spoiler alert Hedwig, Hedwig is is problematic <laughs> she's she has right. she's not a perfect uh character which is great you know like yeah. that's who wants like the perfect like totally great all the time kind of yes. character it's very boring um but I think it was like, like I'm literally thinking of the opening scene. She's like walking, she's wearing these sunglasses, it's raining, it's nighttime and she's walking with her umbrella and she opens the door to go in. She just throws the umbrella off and then it's her and she has these like, these kind of like wing things and it's, oh, it's amazing. It's like, and I think it was her energy on stage. She was so fearless and I think when I was a teenager and, and even older, really, I used to get really nervous about being on stage and being kind of in front of people. And I felt very uncomfortable. And she was so kind of, she didn't give a shit, you know? So it yeah. was, I think it was that kind of energy that I, that I was like, that's, I want to be like that. I want to not care. I want to mm. be myself. And I'm, I don't want to be worried about what people think, I guess. How important do you think that is to be a performer? Because I would relate with you when you said there like I was nervous to get on stage I knew I loved it I knew I wanted to be there I knew you know I wanted to explore that kind of arena and kept doing it even through nerves or you Mm. know fear or judgment all of those things I was like no 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 I have to find it and to a certain extent still looking for it but for you how important do you think it is for an artist to understand themselves as a person who they are so they can stand in a space and maybe portray another character you know present their own material like how important it is is it to own yourself before you're stepping in front of people oh my god like what a great question because that's so funny like I've and it's even kind of been said to me like I the my work and my art before I started transitioning it's like it's so different and my ability to kind of be on stage in front of people now Mm -hmm. I'm it's just it's night and day like before it was really uncomfortable I didn't really want people to look at me and then it meant that I couldn't be honest and and vulnerable and I think when I was a kid I thought that the way I sort of tackled that was by putting on a front of being like I don't give fuck like you know like Hedwig or whatever but actually which is a bit presentational totally totally and it's it's amazing in its own way but it's and, and I think maybe it is genuine in some people, but I, I don't know. I think for me, what I've found is that actually I don't need to do that. I don't need mm-hmm. to be that kind of, I, I can just be vulnerable and honest. And I think that's so powerful, you know, and it's, it's, it's like a similar effect, but it's like a different, that Hedwig has, I think, but mm-hmm. like it's a different means. And and I think I'm able to be honest on stage and be in front of people like that because I, maybe I don't know, my, I don't know myself. I'm still finding myself. I'm still kind of, you know, coming into myself, but I'm, I know myself so much more now that I'm 30. You're being honest with yourself in the unknowing. Exactly. Exactly. And just like, I'm just so much more comfortable with myself, I suppose. Yeah. Most of the time. Well, (laughs) yes. I'd love to ask how different it was. So I'm just thinking about recently I, um, did my first ceremony for a wedding and it's kind of something I've been working on for the last six months that I, it's a new area I want to step in. And I did it for two of my friends. Hi, you and Jill. I don't think they listen, but hey. (laughs) Um, But I did it for them and everything just aligned for me. Mm. The room, them, me, 
like the space, what I was saying, how I was saying it, how mm. I felt. And I was just like, this is what it feels like to be in complete alignment and to thrive in an area. And it does not feel anything like I pictured it. Like when I was, you know, practicing or rehearsing or whatever, I'd always be like, I need to be like this and I need to feel like this. And I, and when I got to that space of like, wow, this is being in like a flow. Not that it's for me, it's a lot calmer. It's not as like extroverted. Um, it's very present, but I don't need to be loud. And I never thought as a performer, I would say those things. Yeah. So for me, I found this space and I'm like, this is what this is not what I've been working towards but it feels so right what was it like for you when you maybe found a space where you're like this is more me this is more where I'm meant to be was it like yeah I've been looking for this or were you like hold on a minute this is different but it feels right exactly just exactly like what you said it was okay. it was the same thing it was and it's funny you're put the way you put that into words I never really thought about it like that but that is exactly what it was like <laughs> because it was it was totally I was looking for this one day I'm gonna be this fucking fierce performing I'm gonna be like yeah. sl- you know just like doing all this stuff and like it'll be you know just and that's not me like that's not um, and I'm when you were talking, I was I was thinking about the last time I had that, and I was doing like a really small gig um, in or not it wasn't small, but it was intimate in um, the boys' school in Smock Alley. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just this moment where I was just I was just talking to people, and I was just really able to connect with people. I felt and I and I just felt really comfortable, and I was like it's just like you said it was this this calmness and it was the flow of it though where I just was like I'm not nervous because I know how to do this and I'm I'm so I and I don't get that a lot I I I was so present do you know and that was like the best part of it it wasn't I and then what's so amazing again is I think I think that that thing of wanting to be Hedwig as well was also wanting people to to love me and Mm -hmm. to gain this external validation when I think in that that moment in the boys school I I wanted people to enjoy it but actually I didn't really like and I don't it's not that I didn't care but it it wasn't about that it was like we're just we're just like having a conversation and are just connecting in this way I don't know if that makes sense it does I I think there's a difference between wanting people to accept you wanting people to love you wanting people to like you and wanting to connect with people yeah so I think like what I learned in that new space I found in and I have found it in other spaces uh, on a kind of like that space was like oh yeah I had it there oh yeah I had it there but it wasn't as evident but it's the connecting with people Mm. I don't feel bigger than the people in the audience I like I feel connected to them whereas when you're doing the like me you're putting yourself a little bit on a pedestal because you're like I'm the performer and you have to like me like because I'm in this space whereas I don't think that brings a lot of honesty or truth and this is definitely a new territory for me so I don't like know really how to articulate it but for me that it like connecting with people is not trying to get people to love you yeah totally totally that's what I, mean, I think what is it then because it's like it because it is especially in the sense of like as a as an artist like because it's like even I'm thinking of like a moment when I was talking to, to people and yeah I just I just wanted to connect and I just and I wanted them to hear me but exactly I didn't I didn't need them to love me or I didn't need them to I don't know I, I yeah. it's like having a conversation and now I'm literally making this up on the spot. <laughs> but it's like when you're on stage, you're having it. And there's different art forms. So this might apply differently for different kind of art forms. But you're having a conversation with the audience. And they don't necessarily have to agree with you. Mm. But they can have a conversation back with you. So they can sit and listen and be engaged with you and be present with you. And walk out and be like, I didn't love that. Yeah. But you can be in a conversation with someone being like, no, I don't agree with you. This is what I think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you can be like, okay, cool. It just, there's a different balance that when you're the performer on stage, you're like, this is my view. You take it away and do your thing. So I suppose there's less of a conversation there, but people don't have to like you 
but if you spark a conversation in them that's the same thing as maybe chasing the do you like me and I think more artists prefer that I think they prefer once they get to knowing themselves a little bit better and they're like okay I'm going to spark these conversations yeah whereas a lot of people see performers as I want the attention totally and totally. I don't fundamentally I don't think artists do like do want the attention of no. course there's that element but they want to just spark the conversation they want to get their point of view across absolutely yes. I think that's what it is but yeah. I don't know yeah yeah again so making right. this up do not no. hold me accountable <laughs> no 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 that's that's it do you know yeah um but I think I think for a long time when I was younger, yeah, just kind of like I was saying before, I think it was, I I did want that validation and I wanted that love. And I think because I felt it's just that kind of classic thing of like maybe uh, kind of going through traumatic things and then feeling like if you got that external love, then it would mean that you mattered and that you weren't bad, that you were, you know, you were good. Um, and it's so you're chasing the dragon, you know, like you will mm-hmm. never, no, no, no matter how many times people will tell you like, oh, it was amazing. I loved it. If that's what you're chasing, it just never, it, it's such an empty kind of feeling. Yeah. Whereas I remember, like I was saying in that, in that show and even actually in the regular suburban woman show. So that was the one that was in the main space in the, in uh smock alley in yeah. seen and heard. It was the same thing. I just, it was this lovely feeling. I never really had that before where afterwards I was just like, I'm just just really content with how that went, you know, mm-hmm. like just yeah. felt really, really good. like just cool. Like people were like, I really enjoyed that. And I was like, that's great. That's nice that you got something from it because I did too, you know, yes. um, and that was so nice instead of being like, you know, leaving, leaving the space and being like, do people like it? Like, or or what are they thinking? You know, know? having that adrenaline and being like, oh God. And, you know, let's go talk to everyone and trying to like manipulate the conversation to be, to get their opinion out of them. Rather than would tell you stuff, you, I would do this thing. I used to just think where I would almost, I'd be like watching them like a hawk, like being like, am I detecting a lie? Like when they said, oh, I liked it. And it would be like, I was like, but their eye did this funny Mm. thing there. And I think maybe they didn't mean it. And you would just like spiral. Yeah. Do you know when it was just no fun? It was like, it was no, it was so like saying it wasn't fun. That was the, you know, the least of the problems. It was destructive. It was, it would ruin the process. You know, I think it was, um, and it would just burn you out then. It would know? taint the whole experience exactly. that you would look back on it and you'd be like, I actually didn't really enjoy that. But actually the performance might have still been really, really good. Yeah. But you've tainted it by all this self-doubt and all this mm. stuff that you can't enjoy it anymore. Absolutely. I wonder if that kind of like, I must be liked, I must be, you know, accepted. If there is a positive side to that, that you learn your skill sets because you work so hard, you push yourself um, and then you kind of do all that, get to know your skills, then get to know yourself and then there might become a meeting and that's maybe what makes a really beautiful performance. Now, I don't know if I fully believe that because I think, you know, sometimes you can push yourself too much, Mm. but sometimes... A negative thing can drive you to do a positive thing. Absolutely. What do you think about I, that? I definitely do that. You know, yeah. even um, something that I, I definitely like, I practice an awful lot. Like I put a huge amount of time and effort into kind of um, setting aside time to write and to mm-hmm. and to record and to constantly be trying to like better my um, my craft, better yeah. myself and my craft, and um, it's good. But there definitely is some of the fuel behind that for a very long time was I am not good enough and I will people will find out I'm I'm so bad unless I'm like constantly pushing myself. So it, it's changed from that where it's like I actually now I'm like, but I also really love the process. I love practicing. I love mm-hmm. um, even just singing in my room is such a lovely thing for me now because, you know, it's it stopped being about this is the thing I do to get people to like me. And it's become the thing that's like, oh, no, this is the thing that like I sing and I feel better. Like I whatever's happening in my day, like if I if I get to sing a song, uh, I there's just it it grounds me like it makes me yeah. feel uh, 
happier do you know like um takes you back to that child place where you just did it for the joy of it exactly and there's no you know which is so lovely but like and then also now I have a good work ethic where I do feel like I'm so yeah it's I definitely it's something I have to watch because I think sometimes I still can be a little bit too like like I I would be quite harsh to myself if I didn't practice enough or if I didn't you know um put myself out there enough or whatever yeah so where do you think like do you think that that's something that is still the flame is still lighting in you that you don't love yourself that you don't accept yourself and that's why you're still pushing yourself and like could you possibly be like hold on a minute I'm pushing myself way too much now let's jump a few layers down and see where that's actually coming from yeah like is that something that you could challenge yourself in or is that something you'd agree with or would you be like no just must keep working really really hard because that's what we've been taught i know see it's so complicated though isn't it because realistically healthily if i if we lived in a in a society that didn't have this kind of scarcity mindset about artists yeah. and stuff and you didn't feel like it was this kind of rat race you know like um in an ideal world i would be able to go do you know what take a step back you can slow down you don't you have no there's no like time pressure da, da, da. Mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel like it's like that unfortunately it no. can it can de- and the thing is though like <sighs> I don't know I know it's so it's, it's really complicated yeah. and it's really nuanced because like for me and my singing practice now I catch myself when I do let's say a half an hour like I used to go into the practice room and three four hours and I'd leave and I'd be vocally wrecked Mm. I it wouldn't have been good practice it would have been me just playing out this idea of you have to be better you have to be better if you're not better they won't love you if you're not better you won't get you know this or that and then you won't be you know it's all Mm. comes down the same thing but now like I'd get to a point and I'm like hold on a minute I'm stepping back into that mindset and the effort it takes to pull myself away from that and go stop it stop singing mm. stop practicing stop it right now this it's better to stop and i think i'm getting better at it because the time period is shorter and i i've i'm like doing this thing where i'm like okay let me hit my stopwatch 20 minutes no matter where you are once that alarm goes off if you are in the middle of a note you do not finish the phrase and that's how i've been challenging that side of myself to go too far i've been like yeah. you get 20 minutes that's all you're getting make make it count but the minute that goes off you have to stop and honestly my whole body is like I just won't do it again I just won't do it again (laughs) and I'm like no this is this is the problem because you don't need to do it again you've done it 10 times it might be a phrase or whatever yeah yeah yeah. you know god and it's so funny but I'm a bit like that with exercise too actually and I have to be really like I even at the moment I I have Achilles tendonitis and it's like but I still kind of run and I find it very difficult to go I'm like no it's okay you can you can take a break here you don't need to like keep pushing yourself yeah. but it, it it it's that same kind of voice it's like nope you've got to put you're being lazy you're doing this like no you just need to keep and it's like no I actually need to rest I actually that is part of the process and I always I I find that um hard to to stop and to go like because even even after you know um I finished a project project or something like that and I'm just like okay great what's next like it because you feel like you can't just like be like okay I actually earned a break I actually it's okay for me to just like do nothing for a little while you know because you're you do just feel this this horrible kind of pressure I guess you know you kind of have to force yourself to do these things like I did a show there in Cork Opera House, which was amazing and I had a great time and it was a really short period, um, but it was like a good personal kind of growth experience for me to like work with a bit of music and like I don't get to do it as much at the moment because of certain life choices. But my friend Anna said to me, she messaged me before the show, it was one show and she's like, after the show in your dressing room, just take two minutes and just sit in front of the mirror and go, fair fair folks like yeah. fair play you do, we we just did that and she's like if you celebrate for two minutes that's better than you've ever done before that's amazing you know? that's great advice so annie yeah. i challenge you next performance <laughs> definitely to celebrate for two minutes after totally i'm actually uh, performing at 
I think I can say it all together now this weekend. Just, oh, I know, yeah. Gosh. So it's just like, it's a little, no, it's not a little, it's a 10 minute slot. So it's going to be at Queering the, the Borders. Um, yes. But yeah, I'm going to do that afterwards. Celebrate. Yeah, I'm yes. definitely going to do that. Because I know even, even the way I'm just, I started talking about, I was like, oh, it's just like a little. I know, you know? And I'm, play no, it down. Why, why am I doing that? It doesn't need to, I don't need to play it up, but I don't need to play it down. Do you know, like there's no. You just need um, to say, I'm playing it all together yeah. now. And it's totally. fucking great. <laughs> totally. And there, there's no ego in that. That's that's, that's facts. You know it is it great. Is? It is great. And do you know what's so lovely is that I literally, because I, I was going down this weekend and I thought, next year I'm going to play at that. That's my goal for next year. And I was like, bitch, I ticked it off. That is amazing. I'm yes. so happy about that. But yeah, it's, I don't know. Do you think that's an Irish thing as well, though, where we're kind of like, you feel a bit like kind of oh I don't want people to think like even as I said that I was like oh god are people I know gonna think like I'm really arrogant because I was like oh do you know what I mean it's so weird is it an Irish thing like I think there's definitely something within our culture that Mm. we are always playing the must come across as humble card yeah um and I did notice that when I lived in London for a few years is I'd always play things down yeah you know and I was uncomfortable watching people you know, put themselves out there, celebrate themselves, be like, I've got this. You know, I was uncomfortable with that, but that had nothing to do with them. Mm. Like, it was all to do with the fact that I was like, oh God, are they, you know, they do they have an ego? Do they, you know, are they arrogant? Blah, blah, blah. Maybe they did. Yeah. But the fact that they backed themselves, a lot of those people now are in positions that are, that they planned, that they yeah. wanted, that they worked for. But it was, I believe, them backing themselves was what pushed them there and who cares if someone like me was on the sidelines going "Mm, maybe they're a bit arrogant (laughs) who cares like you know because they're where they want to be now and i'm not saying i'm not where i want to be but they set out and they've achieved their goals by backing themselves Mm. and i think i don't know like maybe we need to just go think i'm arrogant go for it you know yeah, yeah And then hopefully we'll do the work behind the scenes to make sure our egos don't get out of Absolutely. And control. mainly for, you know, for ourselves, I, I had a conversation with somebody uh, recently and it was actually quite interesting because I, it was about ego and I was kind of saying sometimes I, I worry about my ego and I worry that I, yeah. I would hate to get into a position or, or so I was kind of asking, I was like, in order to succeed, do you have to be this kind of egotistical person, this kind of arrogant kind of person, you know, like it, because that seems like, because it's such a ruthless industry, it's so cutthroat. And I was like, is that, is that what I, I don't really want to be like that, you know? Um, I wonder, can you do it in a kinder way? I think you can. Yeah, I I believe you can. Yeah, definitely. But you do, like, because I I think you have to, he said this person gave me this really great piece of advice that were there, because I I think in my mind, the opposite of being arrogant is to have zero ego at all. And he was like, no, ego is part of the game. You're always, you're an artist, like you're going to have ego, like there's going to be, but yeah, you can, you don't have to be a monster. Like it's not, you know, you can be kind and considerate, but you can also take yourself seriously and be like, I've got this, I've put the work in, I have something to offer here, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's hard, you know? It is hard, but you can check your ego. You can be like, right, Come on out now. We're about to go on stage. <laughs> totally. I can, you can shine a little <laughs> yeah. bit. And then when you, when you walk off, you can be like, okay, back in your box now. Fair play. We've let you yeah. run around for a bit. Have a good time. But you know what? Like in this space and going out to meet people, you're not going to meet out and be like, oh my God, wasn't I great? Yeah. You're going to go out and be like, thank you so much for allowing me, you know? And it's about, I suppose, finding balance. We can't get Absolutely. rid of the ego. Totally. But can we make friends with it? Yeah. I don't know. I think so, because I think even for me, like the ego, it's that the the two sides of the same coin or whatever is that like even when I came in here first, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be so bad. This is going to be so, like it's going to be so boring and nobody's going to like blah, blah, blah. and like just getting really like and then it's that other then the other side of it is that almost more embarrassing is that then there's sometimes like where I think I am I'm amazing. Like I'm the most ama- like da, 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 and it's like that's. That both of those things are untrue and really unhelpful, <laughs> you know, like they don't really further you at all. Like they actually both kind of like hold you back, you know? Yeah. So it's, I guess it's like learning how to 
maybe both of them are presentational sides one is like yes. oh i'm presenting myself as so humble and Absolutely. so lovely and the other is like oh i'm presenting myself as the best where it's like just get rid of that and just yeah you just know, be you arrive, absolutely you know? just be honest i know yeah. which is hard it's, it is it's it's hard because uh yeah just just worried about you, you yeah. get worried about people judging you i suppose of which course. is natural yeah, yeah but okay so let's move on to another prompt um and that's your experience with mental health like mental health is such a massive topic a lot of people bring mental health to this space mm. which i always feel it's such a privilege i've had a lot of my own mental health yeah. um struggles over you know so many years some i've understood some i've only recently been like ah, i get that now some i've really come through um why did you decide to put down mental health as something that represents you as an artist I think because it's something that I'm really passionate about and it's something that I, I like to kind of sing about in my music as well. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's I'm kind of the same as you. Like I've struggled with it for a long time, yeah. do you know? And um, it takes me it's taken me such a long time to really learn how to kind of manage that properly. And I still struggle. It's not like it's not a linear thing. Right. You know, um, but I don't know. It's something that I'm really passionate about putting more into my work. And like, you know, there was a song that I did in my show, Regular Suburban Woman, which was called uh, Iced Coffee. And it was kind of about my struggle with suicidal ideation. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's something I don't know. I just think it's something that, thank God, we've gotten to a point where it's it's easier to talk about it, you know. And I think especially in our generation and and I think in the younger generation, they're a lot more... um, there's a lot less shame around that, 100%. you know, which thank God, you know, like, cause it's just, there's no need to have any shame about it, but I still, you know, we still have a long way to go. Sometimes I think we're, we're kind of good. Um, not sorry, we're not good, but we're much better talking about kind of anxiety and, and depression. Um, but there's, um, you know, my, my original prompt was, uh, I wanted to talk about OCD because yeah. I I've struggled with OCD since I was, I think since I was like 10 years old, but I, um, I had no idea what it was. Like I didn't, because Mm -hmm. in my mind, OCD, and there's this really kind of like stereotypical portrayal of OCD is this, um, you know, it's like Monica in 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 friends. Yeah. Do you know? And, and like, it's, that is like the classic kind of thing. And it can present itself like that, but actually for a lot of people, it doesn't present like that at all. It can be very different. Um, there's all these different, it's a a huge, huge, uh, kind of area to go into. Um, and there's a great podcast that like helped me so much, which was OCD stories. Um, it's amazing because it just, every episode is like either a different doctor talking about a different kind of uh, subset of OCD um, because basically for me the way that OCD kind of presents itself is um, it would be sort of chronic rumination like constantly worrying about things like and to the point where like I can't stop and it would be kind of like intrusive thoughts that sort of come in and okay. um, and everybody gets these things I think that's the the thing when um, you know everybody deals with those kinds of things but I think when you have OCD it's very difficult to sort of like turn your brain off and it can be this it's like it gets stuck in this kind of hamster wheel and would that come out in like kind of let's go back to the kind of monica way of like the excessive cleaning or is that excessive exercise and excessive practicing i think that actually there is an element of that you know like um where and it's like even like I I've only kind of even thought of this recently like even there's little things when I'm learning songs and stuff I sort of have to and this is you know again it doesn't everyone's OCD is different it manifests itself in totally different ways but there is definitely some things where like I I'm like I won't know this song unless I do it like three times or something do you know Mm, like I I can get very specific about things like that um but it's so interesting because I'm the same like yeah like when I do it three times I'd say I'll know it then. yeah whereas and, and I'm like oh, no no I can't and if I've done it twice and it's like oh you need to go I'm like no I have no. yeah <laughs> like I have to do no, it you're giving me two more minutes because I'm not going anywhere <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally. <laughs> but yeah. it, that is interesting because I think that's another thing I would never have considered OCD anything I, I struggled yeah. with and I, st- I still wouldn't but a lot of those things line up that are similar with me that I'd be like I'll just do it one more time or I yeah. used to like write down it like you know 10 lines on a page and I'd cross them off every time I did it 
rather than being like, let me do it once. How did that feel? Do you know what? That was good. I'm just yeah. going to leave it now. Or no, I need to do it again. Okay, yeah, I'll do it again. Okay, second time was nice. Yeah, maybe I'll do it third time. To totally. Go. And it's more of a conversation and a kinder way rather than going one, two, <laughs> yeah, two, totally. two. And you sometimes know? I feel like I'm do- when I do that, I'm not even I'm not even taking in what I'm doing. I'm just sort of like doing it for the yeah. sake of having to do it this amount of times, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. Um, but OCD stories is an amazing podcast. If anybody like, because again, there's there's all these like like I said, there's different kind of themes that people can have with OCD. So like for me, when I was very young, I used to be very religious, and it would sort of okay. manifest itself as these sort of religious intrusive thoughts. So it would be sort of thoughts about like I'd be like, actually, I don't think I like God, and I'd be like oh my god like what and I would be just like room like but I you know I'm kind of joking about it now but like wasn't funny at the time at all it was like really 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 distressing because basically what OCD does and it's such a motherfucker but it like will sort of attack the thing that is most kind of that matters the most to you and this changes Mm -hmm. you know and it can be so many different things to different people um and it was sort of almost like play you your worst fear about this thing in relation to your this value or this gotcha. this you know object and then it just won't stop it just constantly barrages you with that and it's a horrible thing because what you end up doing is you have an anxious reaction to this kind of horrible thought image or impulse or whatever um and so you engage in a compulsion which um sort of alleviates the distress for a little bit and so oftentimes like compulsions can be things like you might get an intrusive thought and you would turn to your friend for reassurance and be like oh my god I, I just this a crazy thought like what do you or even turn to the internet and be mm-hmm. like oh like I just had this mad thought like let me look that up um and then okay good it's OCD this is something that like kind of okay. comes up with that um or it can be like avoiding situations but it's all these you know I could I could talk about it for but it's a lot more, what? just hearing you speak, I'm like, it's a lot more nuanced than I would have put down to OCD. Absolutely. Like OCD is, I, I think it's it's really problematic because um, most people don't understand OCD yeah. because of the way it's portrayed. And most people who suffer with OCD, I think there's some crazy statistic and I can't remember it off the top of my head now, but I feel like it's the most people suffer with OCD for about 10 years before they get a formal diagnosis because most people just don't really understand what it actually is. And they kind of, yeah. So it's, it's, and it's one of the most debilitating mental illnesses. I think like when you look at there's again, I I should have come more prepared with these statistics (laughs) and throwing them out willy nilly. And I'm like, I think I read one time somewhere. (laughs) Um, but, uh, but yeah, do you know? So, um, it's but any anyway, I I think I brought up that mental health thing because I do even though it is it's a little uncomfortable I feel a little raw talking about it but okay. I think it's also really good to talk about you know yeah. and I think that um that's it's just important I think and it's something that I want to kind of again like I said I wanted to kind of maybe advocate more and and write about more in my mm. songs do you know um because it always helps me do you know yeah. I think it's it's that thing I even um you know like i'm i've struggled a little bit with with my well not a little bit i've struggled with with kind of um alcohol use like through okay. throughout for a, a good while and i'm trying to kind of you know i'm working towards managing that better now which is which is going good good um but i wrote a song about it um called drink and i was performing it uh no it's called spirits that's <laughs> not called drink oops <laughs> um but after I performed it, somebody came up and they were like, that really like resonated. I really, that like, and it, it was such a nice feeling. Cause again, it was the sort of conversation yeah. piece. It was like, so I don't know. Um, I, I think it's something that I've written about a little bit in the past, but I want to just write about more, you know, because yeah. again, I think it just, it just, uh, it makes me feel better and it makes me feel less alone, I guess. And then it would be so, it's such a nice thing to think that maybe you could create something that would like help someone feel less alone more sane that kind of thing i'd love to ask hearing you speak about mental health it's very clear that you know your mental health quite well at the moment i'm sure there's still loads of areas for you to delve in i think that's probably a lifelong journey Mm. for everyone but i keep thinking like knowledge is power 
Yeah. And knowing about mental health and your own mental health gives you the power to get to know yourself. Mm. Do you think you facing um, OCD, um, your struggles with drink do you think that allows you to get a little bit closer to the core of who you are yeah oh my god absolutely because Mm -hmm. it's you know there were times in my life when the OCD was so so bad like it was so and it was so frustrating because it was so there's a specific type of treatment for OCD which is called exposure response prevention it's kind of it's the gold standard of treatment. That's what, that's okay. literally, on, if you listen to the OCD stories, they say that so many times and I'm like just regurgitating it, but yeah. um, it is very good. And essentially what it is, is it's like you have a fear of something and you just expose yourself to it over and over again okay. until you kind of, because you initially are going to have this awful reaction yes. to it, you know, this like f- terror. Um, Cause your body is like, you're going to die. Get away from this. Um, yeah. And, you know, over time you sort of habituate and, you know, without going too much into specifics, there's, there is some schools of thought that say that model is not as effective as these other, anyway, you could, you know, you could go on, but it is one type of, of treatment that works really well for a lot of people. Um, but I uh, like that, that, uh, approach. I think it's very harsh maybe. Yeah. But I think that you're not going to, I'm. it's kind of, this is kind of off topic, but it kind of reminds me of like being in relationships. You're never going to learn about how to be in a relationship or who you are in a relationship or how you react to being in a relationship until you're in yeah, a relationship. Absolutely. You know, you can take time by yourself and be like, okay, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to, you know, learn more about myself. But that doesn't mean that then when you maybe start seeing someone or multiple people that you're then going to be like oh yeah but I know myself so this is all going to work because then you're in the relationships and then it's like oh shit this is all coming up again so I like that idea you don't really learn until you're in the arena absolutely and being in the arena is scary so like being put up against those triggers yeah whatever your triggers are for OCD that's scary but that's the only place you're really going to learn. Yeah, absolutely. And it's sort of like even I used to, so I work in Smock Alley now yeah. and you have to do this like fire announcement and okay. part of it is an Irish. And so I didn't do Irish in school because I wasn't born in Ireland. And so okay. I, I only moved to Ireland when I was like 13. Um, and I used to have these awful, it kept happening. I would have a panic attack, you know, yeah. and I would go up and I would just panic. Like, and it was like, why the fuck am I having a panic attack? Because I was like, I've, I've literally performed songs about yes. like my really purse, all this stuff. And I was like, and yet now here I am like, <sighs> like just, and it, and it was so horrible, but it kept happening. But I just had to keep, I, I like, I literally didn't have a choice. I had yeah. to keep going up and doing it. And it was the best thing ever. Do you know? Like it's, yeah, you just, sometimes you have to face, face your fears. But do you face your fears with preparation or do you just keep yes. throwing yourself in the no, fire? with preparation yeah. and with kindness and okay. patience, do you know? And that's, patience. that's the hard part. <laughs> yeah, patience. Patience is the one I don't have. <laughs> I'm like, why haven't I fixed? I did it I once. <laughs> Same, but that was literally me with the, the fire announcer because I was like, okay, I've done it like six times. Why, why am I still having a panic attack? But then eventually... Yeah, you just, and it's this, it's the same ERP. It's just, um, but I think, uh, and sorry, I think I kind of went off on a tangent no. with your, your question, but I think even with OCD and with those kind of difficult things, I think, and it's, I, I hate that kind of like, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, because actually like, it was really difficult and it really, it really derailed my, my life in a lot of ways. Um, but you know, it has given me this other kind of skill set, And I think that, um, you know, I've really learned to manage it and thank God my OCD is doing like, it's, you know, it's, it's not something that's like I'm cured. Like it's, it's always kind of there, but I've just learned how to manage it so much better. Thank God. And it was really through, um, 
unfortunately, it was very difficult to find any kind of therapists in Ireland, but it was actually the OCD center of LA. So I had to kind of get Zoom um, therapy sessions through them because I had just tried so many times to get somebody in Ireland. And people kind of say that they treat OCD, but Mm -hmm. a lot of people they don't like it's like this really it's just it is what it is but you know sometimes people are getting again maybe i'm I'm making a generalization but this is what i've heard is that from what i understand when people are getting trained as therapists oftentimes um when they're getting taught about ocd it's maybe they get like a lecture do you know like it's and it it makes like how could you possibly train in in depth in every single field yeah. you know yeah. um i think it's unfortunately the same for like lgbtq people you know it's like they yeah. might get like a module if if that you know maybe yeah. it's a a lecture or something um and they're such nuanced topics yeah. and they're such nuanced experiences and then you get in the room with maybe someone who has ocd or someone who's queer and then they bring a whole personal level to it yeah that's you know so one module is really not going to cut it. This is it. Exactly. Because that's it. Even if even if the you did a master's in both of those things, it's like, but everyone's different anyway, you know, yeah. so it's, it's a very it's a difficult thing. Um, but yeah, I think those those kinds of experiences. Yeah, they definitely like pushed me to just I think I I had to work on myself and I had to figure yeah. out who I was. And, and I think that it just it's really shaped me in a positive way, actually, you know, which is so nice because I think if you had told me that like, you know, 10 years ago when I was really, really in the thick of it, I was living in Canada, I was on my own and I was, it was so, so bad, you know, okay. like, um, and again, and I, I was, it was this really bad, they call it like an OCD spike. It's like when it's kind of the symptoms are really bad and you're, you're, you're just kind of in the thick of it. Um, and I didn't know that that's what it was. I didn't know, like, you know, I, 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 it was it was really, really hard. But like now I have these these this kind of skill set and this kind of ability and knowledge that I'm like, I can sit with uncomfortable shit. I, I can. And even when you're talking mm. about patience, unfor- like being a trans person in Ireland, you just you there's okay. three doctors we're allowed to see you know like the wait times are you yeah. just like we shouldn't have to be so patient like and we, you know but you just you just learn to be like okay okay this is where i am today and i say this you know but like i will get there i w- and yes. like that's kind of yeah i'd love to know because it's something that i have kind of thought about explored with my own mental health and you've kind of you've kind of touched on it there where you're like I'm managing my OCD I know how to manage it now I understand it and like 10 years ago you were in the thick of it and you didn't even understand it so it was of course like probably chaotic yeah but but now you understand it now you understand your triggers and now you can manage it do you think and I really want to come up with a better term than this but do you think you can cure it no, there's, okay. there are people like, so uh, the OCD stories, God, I cannot recommend that podcast enough. It's so great because again, there's just, there's so much misinformation about it and so yeah. much kind of, but anyway, there, I remember there was an episode, like I'd say 99.9% of the episodes will tell you, this is just a chronic condition. And it's, I think it's, it's more in line of like, I think of it now as like, it's, I'm neurodivergent. My brain just works in a little bit of a different way. And it means that like, I just have to manage it slightly differently. And there's different things that affect me in a different way. And there can be that positive side of it too. Like I said, because I am very driven. I am very focused. I can be hyper-focused and I can get a lot of stuff done. I can be super productive. Um, but then there's the the flip side of that where it can get kind of out of hand. So I have to kind of hold that. In saying that, sorry to answer your question about it being cured, there are some people that say that they have cured themselves, that they don't, that doesn't come back. But I don't think that's for me because I think it's just it is just sort of something that happens to me. It's something that my mind mm-hmm. experiences. Um, but again, it's just something that I've learned to, it's always there. There's always these kind of things going on in the back of my mind. And I've just learned to kind of be like, okay, you're there. Yeah. And 
you know, I, I do anticipate because it's, it's just sort of the way it is. I think, um, it seems to be for a lot of people with OCD, um, and I think probably with a lot of other mental health conditions, when there's kind of a big change in your life, that's often when, and you're sort of vulnerable and susceptible, that's when it, it can kind of come back and get you, you know? So I kind of anticipate that, you know, gotcha. and I'm sort of ready for that. But I also know, I'm like, I've got it this time. I, I know what to do this time if it gets really bad, you know? And thank God I now have a support system that I can sort of turn to. And there's mm-hmm. there's even, like I said, the OCD Center of LA, like um, I can always go back there and I just, you know, but I do, I have, I remember one of my therapists talking about, it's that mental health uh, toolbox. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I've got, I've got my little mental health toolbox. I, I just try and kind of manage it all yeah. the time. I think I that's that. the only way to do it, you know? Yeah. I'm exhausted with all my toolboxes. <laughs> I'm like, I've got my mental health toolbox. I've got my singing toolbox. I've got my podcasting toolbox. Totally. I've got my exercise toolbox. I'm like, I need no more toolbox. Because everyone uses the term toolbox. Totally. I'm, like, I'm like, right, throw it on. So true. You know, to the That's wheelbarrow so that I have to carry around. <laughs> you know, I am interested, and this might be a bit tricky, but I feel sometimes mental health has become so visible which is amazing. It's become something we talk about. It becomes something that we can articulate now and help people understand why we might act a certain way or why we might have gone through something Mm. in a particular way and had certain behaviors. However, for me, sometimes I feel like people can latch on and make it part of their identity. And this really scares me Mm. because... I think if you feed into something that, you know, is maybe giving you some sense of identity, but it's, you know, it's really not a positive thing. I think it can spiral and lead you. I don't know where it can lead you because I don't know anyone who has like gone that far, but I see it a little bit here and there. And I'm not saying like hearing you speak, I'm like, okay, I hear that Annie definitely understands her mental health, gets her mental health is there with it and you know I don't feel that you're you're like I'm managing it I've got it I'm catching it Mm. you know and you're not living it is that fair to say well you are living it in a way but you're not allowing it to go out of hand yeah and I fear that because it's kind of that yo-yo thing of we didn't talk about it at all then we've gotten to this balanced place now we're maybe going too far where we might we might use it as excuses. I think I've used it as excuses. Yeah. That's the only reason I'm saying it is because mm. I've been like, well, I've acted like that because I had depression. Yeah. And I'm like, hold on a minute. Now yeah. I'm in the position where I'm like, that's your responsibility to look yeah. after. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. do you think about that? So that's really interesting because I remember there was definitely a time and it was when I was going through a really, really rough time with my mental health. And I, and it was, I think unprofessionally suggested to me by a psychiatrist um, that I may have emotionally unstable personality disorder. Um, and I latched onto that and I, and I really wanted to get this kind of this diagnosis and this formal diagnosis. And, and I, I'm, I think because see, so like the labels, like they can be really helpful because then it can go, okay, this is, this is what you have. And this is how we treat that. And I think mm-hmm. that's when it's really, that's when it's, that's what it's for, I think. And it can also help you feel less shame, I think. So there's there's that side of it, which I think is really positive and you can feel like part of a community or something, you know, like, because there, there's definitely, there's like the OCD community online and it's, and even the OCD community that I would get when I go to sort of OCD peer support groups, um, which would be kind of online and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and that's really positive. But sorry, to go back to, to what you were saying with the, I remember at that there, there was this time when I really wanted to get this like formal diagnosis and I really, I really latched on to it. Um, and even to be honest, I really, really wanted to get an OCD diagnosis because I had been saying it for like 10 years in therapy that I thought I had this, um, but no one had ever formally said it to me. And then I finally got one through the OCD center of LA and it was almost like anti. I was like, Oh, okay. Um, and I remember someone said it to me. I can't remember if it was that, that, uh, therapist, but, 
and anyway, whoever said it doesn't matter because I sort of taken it on as my own. The label is not as important as like, what are you struggling with and how do we manage that? And I definitely was focused so much on maybe getting a label that I kind of, and I, I would look up all these different, like kind of, I went through this phase looking up is cause he kind of said to me, maybe it's this thing. Um, looking up all the kind of symptoms of um, emotionally unstable personality disorder, which is another term for borderline personality disorder. I feel like emotionally unstable personality disorder sounds way worse. There's like the new term, right? And I'm like, I know I'm like, why don't they just call it BPD? Anyway, I don't know. Um, But yeah, like I was, I was looking up all these and it was like, oh, there's this type and there's this type. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. Oh, well, I have, I definitely have that symptom, but I don't think I have this symptom. So what does that mean? And did it, and then it was like. And that allows you to play out all the, the symptoms. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know if I did that, but I definitely just like, I, I didn't spend time learning skills on how to deal with what I was actually struggling yeah. with, you know, like instead of, and I definitely understand, I, I know what you mean about um, you know, cause I mean, it's, it's really complicated. This is where it gets. And I think we need to get that conversation with mental health where I have definitely been in really bad places in my life and it's made me act like an asshole, do you know? Yeah. And yeah, it's really hard to parse out. Okay. What was, I, I was struggling. I yeah. was, I was in pain. There was, there was stuff that was going on that was really hard for me but I still was a dick, you know? So it's like, I don't know. And it's like, and it, you should be, I, I, and I do hold myself accountable, yes. you know? Um, I think that's important as part of the yeah. healing journey. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But it is, it is a tricky one, you it's know? So, it's oh, so it's tricky. So tricky. Cause yeah. I'm, you also want to hold other people accountable yeah. for how they treat you. Absolutely. But then if you're aware that they might've mental health issues or they might've been through mm. something, it's very hard to then be like, well, I'm still going to hold them accountable because that's not kind because they're obviously not being kind to themselves. So are you going to step in and be, you know, unkind Mm. to them while at the same time by not stepping in and holding them accountable, you're not giving them the opportunity to realize that they need to take responsibility. Yeah. 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 It's, do you know what it is so though as hard. well and it sounds like this is something that I struggle with in general as well is it's I think unfortunately as well we have this very black and white like dualistic you're either good or you're bad and yeah. it's like well that's no because this even this thing we're talking about it's just really complicated and it's a very kind of gray area like there's no I think there's no and it's a case-by-case thing as well right it's, it's also know? personal yeah. and it could be one day you're struggling with something and you lash out. Yeah. And the next day you're struggling with something and you show a bit of vulnerability. And then those two people might meet and be like, oh, no, they're a dick. They lashed out at me. And yeah. the other person be like, oh, no, they were like, you know, they were really mm. open with me. Like, yeah, it's so nuanced. Yeah, totally. It's so scary. I know it is because I, I think, yeah, just like I I know. So it, it makes me it's hard for me to be kind to myself when I think about the way that I was acted, you know, but I saw this great interview with, it was with Sean Faye and Monroe Bergdorf. Do you know Sean Faye? I don't. She wrote, um, the transgender issue, which is amazing. It's like the highly recommended. So, so great. Such a good book. Um, but, and Monroe Bergdorf and it's Monroe Bergdorf's podcast, but they were talking about like, you know, people kind of want you to be this like perfect person. They were both like, I was a nightmare. <laughs> like, you know, like there were times in my life when I was just awful to be around. And it's like, it's so nice to hear people say that because I think you, it, I, I cannot think of anybody that mm-hmm. would, you know, I just don't think it's possible. I think life is really tough yeah. and especially it's for in- queer people, yeah. you know, like. We it's have a lot of trauma to kind of unpack, I exactly. think, you know. I'm listening to Billy Porter's book at the moment <sighs> on Audible. And it's so, I love them. Mm. I just think they are, they're just amazing. I just, I'm obsessed. Like, But it's so interesting. They're calling themselves out being like, I was difficult to work with. People did not want to work with me. People had these opinions of me. And at the same time, was able is able to talk about their race 
their queerness, mm. where they came from, the importance of their gift and their talent and how different it was and the importance of not being walked over. And there's these two flip side of, yeah, maybe if we were in the room, we'd be like, oh, God, you know, they are quite difficult to work with. (laughs) But at the same time, they're also standing up for themselves, backing themselves during a time when, you know, black queer people didn't, you know, couldn't, mightn't been able to do that or, you know, so there's so there's those flip side. And now they're in a place where they're like. I'm able to say this and yeah. still be respected. Yeah, yeah. So it's so like, of course they were difficult because, you know, they were, they had to take a broom. They had exactly. to be difficult to be like, exactly. I'm here and I'm staying. Totally. Don't treat me like shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then maybe in the room you might be like, oh God. Oh yeah, God. I you know? know, I know. And it's like, but that's it. I think that oftentimes in society, like we, we don't like when people, handle their trauma in like a messy way Mm -hmm. or like a like it's like they need to be this kind of like I don't even know like a we just don't like it when it's like someone understandably is maybe like tired and then they're front and so they're like um and I mean in the case of like Billy Porter like Billy Porter they're probably like I am so sick of this shit. Like I am just like, I have been doing this for such a long time. I am. And uh, like, you know, and they have to be like that and they, uh, it's understandable why they're like that. But yeah, people are like, Oh God. Mm. But I also know what you mean because though at the same time, you you know, I don't know. It's, there's layers. There is layers. Yeah. Annie, if I may, I'm going to switch your final prompt. Yes. And I would love you to tell us a little bit about the 10th of August and your new show yeah um, if you are happy to switch the script oh my god of course that would be amazing so um i just started doing this sober cabaret called businesswoman special yes. um which is a line from romeo michelle's high school reunion for those who don't know there was somebody at the a performer at the show the last time and i was made some comment about the movie and she was like i wasn't even born when that came out and i was like same uh, uh, <laughs> i know <laughs> I know. Me I too. Like, I'm oh, so yeah. young. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's kind of, it's also a sort of a tribute to uh, when I lived in Canada, there was this amazing uh, queer night called Businesswoman Special, and it was also taken from the movie. Um, but that kind of closed down years ago. It must must be five or six. It was longer than that that it, that it stopped. Okay. Um, I think it stopped hope it stopped but anyway they they were like a pop music night this is okay. this is this a is sober different. cabaret it's a totally different thing yeah um but i really wanted i because i've been doing kind of like uh, doing little gigs in the open mic scene for the last year or two and um it's really hard when you're trying to manage kind of your drinking because it's always in pubs um mm-hmm. you know and it's it's you know it's just it was just hard i just wanted to create a space where if somebody was trying to reduce their drinking or um you know just just have a night off or whatever they could they yeah. could still perform and do it in this in this space where there there's just no kind of temptation because i know for me i always go out with the intention not to drink you know and then you end up you you just end up ha- you sometimes know, it's not a choice it. sometimes yeah. someone puts a pint right down beside you as I you're know. performing and you're like this is okay. it exactly and then it's it's so hard because it's that thing for me anyway where I'm, i say that as an opera singer who <laughs> no one has put a pint beside me when i've been singing Guinness, and yeah. i would welcome it I know. but no it doesn't that happen as an amazing. opera singer that would be amazing on the national concert hall someone walks out and just plops a guinness in front of me all right okay like, you could eat a straw please <laughs> um but yeah so it just kind of i know but you are right though because it yeah. even it can be this weird conversation that is really annoying then where someone's like, oh, come on, just have one. And you're yes. like, I actually, I want to have one, but I'm trying not to have one. And then, and then you, they kind of, you know, anyway, all yeah. that, all that kind of stuff. So I just wanted to make a space that didn't, that just wasn't part of the conversation. Okay. Um, and, um, yeah, so we're, we're doing the second one on August 10th. Um, it's going to be in the outhouse. Tickets are 10 euro. There's going to be, um, but it's five euro if you're a student and you're un, or you're unwaged. Um, and you just use the promo code post-its. So, um, yeah. So it's, and it's, if you haven't seen the film, exactly. <laughs> then you won't have got the promo code. 
<laughs> There's so many things about it again where I'm like, um, part of me was like, oh, like should I change the name? Like maybe it's it's this kind of like old. And I was like, no, I wanted to do it. I'm doing it for me. Like yes. I'm because even another thing again, it was like, oh, should I be performing at it? Like, cause is that really like wanky? Like to like start this cabaret and then be performing at everyone? And I was like, no, this is for me. Like I did mm. this. I created the space really for me because there was nothing else there I couldn't find anything else that was like yeah. that um, and I think a lot of performers w- want a place like that I as think well. so you know you like know, I think it's there's room for both definitely definitely you know and it's not I, like I'm not trying to compete with anyone else or anything I just literally wanted that for myself um and so I'm going to be joined by seven uh, other performers wow. there's going to be a spoken word person there's going to be two drag queens I think two comedians and there's going to be like a theater piece um and I think I'm missing someone but anyway it's going to be it's going to be a really fun show yeah no I've seen it all over Instagram the last while and I'm like what yeah. a great idea and just it's nice to have a space yeah. where drink is just not an option. Totally. You know, and I think that that's a good space to be in as well. It's yeah. good, to, good to have both. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Annie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. This has been such a pleasure and I'm so grateful that we got to sit down and actually do this. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for having thank me. Thank you.